Let's do it. Another Saturday. Another Saturday. It's Kramer right here on the Bet 1660. Hope you're all having a wonderful, beautiful Saturday, bright and sunny morning. As you know what? It feels it feels like fall. It feels like fall. It definitely does out there. Before you know it, the leaves are going to start falling. You're going to have to go outside and you know have to start raking and all that stuff. That's, it's, that's the pain. That's the hassle of this beautiful weather, especially because it's football season right now, but it's also baseball season. Absolutely love this time of the year. My joints don't. But we have a lot of things to get to today. And also, my question throughout the show. I, I, I have this question. It is the fall time. What? When is the day that you try to last out before turning on the heat at said apartment or said house? Now, what? When is that time? Because me personally, you know what? No, I'll let you know at the end of the show. I'll let you know at the end of the show when, when I try to turn on the heat. But today, we have to talk about clearly what Aaron Judge has been doing. We have to talk about... I mean, there's a scary situation that happened in the NFL game that I think that if if the NFL can follow one rule and one rule only, they could they could piggy, piggyback off that from the MLB. And I mean, we got some more Wainwright. We had discussed him a little bit. Fair or foul? We also have bets, and also I think today is the day. I've been teasing it the last three weeks. But today is the day that we get to the Pro Wrestling Observer's top ten, and we'll discuss that. But first thing first. If I can get this uh, thing to work, I mean, it's a, it's a day after night game for me right now. I'll tell you that. I will tell you that uh, Journey Pro Wrestling last night under the lights, under the stars, at a baseball field. Honestly, who who's the greatest mind came together, for me at least, especially putting a baseball field, have that the scenery, but putting a wrestling ring in the middle where the pitcher's mound was. Beautiful, absolutely aesthetically appealing. Journey Pro last night was fantastic, but something earlier this week that was absolutely glorious and marvelous and fantastic is what John Sterling had to say on the call during Aaron Judge's 61st home run. And the payoff. There goes the deep left. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Number 61. He ties Roger Maris for the American League single season record with 61 home runs. It's a two-run Judgean blast. Here comes the judge. A two-run blast, and the Yankees take a 5-3 lead on number 61 for Judge. What a great accomplishment, especially for the fans in attendance and also for the baseball purists because we at least now have seen 60 years has passed since Roger Maris has hit his 61 home run season. Now it's time to see a guy like Aaron Judge who has done it cleanly to possibly get to 62. We have a few more days left in the regular season. Wednesday is the final day of the regular season. It's weird not having it on a Sunday because usually every single game starts at the exact same time on Sunday, and they all try to end almost at the exact same time on a Sunday as well. But we have a few select days left. Wednesday's the day of the final season, final regular season game. That means postseason's right around the corner. We have a lot of postseason ball previews currently underway in Major League Baseball. But I want to see 62. I want to see this happen. Because clearly, we, we know, I know what the all-time home run number is, 72 or 73 from Barry Bonds. Now it's time to get that cleanly where that number is going to be up next. If Aaron Judge can get 62 this year, bravo. But here's the thing. He can easily get to the point where he can all, basically be the all-time leading hit, home run hitter throughout a season. 
He can hit the most home runs throughout the season. I feel like he has the capability of doing that. He can hit the 70 next year. I, I, you, you're playing, especially if he plays in, um, in, at Yankee Stadium still, if he, if he does get re-signed back there, it could easily happen. His swing has been so fluid and smooth throughout the zone that I'm, I'm not shocked he hasn't got there yet. It's, there's reason, one reason why he hasn't got there yet is because he's being walked at an exceptionally fast, rapid pace. Like He's literally had maybe 20 walks within the last week. Like this guy is getting on base, and the thing is, Judge is chasing history in, in, in many more ways than one. If it's not the home run record for a season, it's possibly winning the Triple Crown. And honestly, both of those are very hard accomplishments to make, and the fact that Aaron Judge is possibly going to do it in one season is fantastic. Like I'm absolutely loving what I've been seeing this entire season. This season, we have seen Miguel Cabrera get 3,000 hits. We've seen our pull holes hit over 700 home runs, and also got a 701 last night. And we have Aaron Judge at 61 home runs currently. What a time to be alive. Because when is something like this going to happen? Plus, if he wins the, if he also wins the Triple Crown in the American League, and add another spectacle to this like spectacular season that we're witnessing in Major League Baseball. The fact that it's ending, regular season ending on Wednesday, kind of like pains me and saddens me, because this has been a long stretch, a long it's it just been a, a grind. That's just how baseball seasons typically go. If we can get all this to happen, that would be great. The thing that I that some people wish could have happened, especially for the guy who dropped said home run ball, it, that's literally a, a million-dollar ticket right there. That, that right there, that baseball that Aaron Judge hit is worth millions and millions and millions of dollars. Now, granted, that's the one that tie Roger Maris. Now, how much money will this 62 home run be? Because, I mean, if it is the, the, the clean, the very first clean home run stretch where he gets the 62 home runs, that's going to be worth a lot. A lot of money. A lot of money. That's a serious amount of money that I probably would ever see in my entire lifetime. So, what are you going to do? Are you the type of person that, say, if you do catch that home run ball, you going to give it back? for that pride, that sake of being a, a good person? Or are you also going to be that pride and sake of being a good person, knowing that if you catch that baseball, it's your property now. You caught it. You can do whatever you want with it. That's You can give it back. Harp, people are going to be mad about that. People will definitely be mad about that. But there's also people who have done enough to where they catch the baseball and they want to keep that baseball. They're going to do that. Because like, go back in like 1998, there's a... a, a this one fan, it was a, it was a Cardinals game. It was for Mar, um, Mark McGuire's uh, home run when they had the home run chase when he actually set the record back then. The dude didn't get the ball back. The Cardinals even asked for the ball in exchange for a signed bat, ball, and jersey and also a chance to meet Mark McGuire. McGuire says no. He was going to accept all of that, but McGuire said no. He does not want to meet the fan who caught the baseball. Not like, which that's, that's, I mean, your loss is this man's gain because three months later, that dude. Sold that baseball for $3 million. That's $3 million in 1998. When Judge is going to hopefully pass Roger Maris either today, tomorrow, Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday, the inflation on that baseball is not going to be $3 million. I'd say times that by maybe four or five. That's like $15 million right there. Maybe $25 million that baseball's going to be worth. Heck, it could probably be up worth to half a million dollars. Not half a million, but that'd, that'd that'd be cheap. Half a billion dollars. 
Because, I mean, clearly he's a private owner. He's going to probably put it on an auction site, and an auction site's going to keep going and going and going and going and going and going until someone's done putting in the money. And if it could go north up to close to half a billion dollars, congratulations to the person who's going to win that 60, that whoever gets that 60-second home run, because that right there is a for sure lottery ticket to a successful life because of all the money you're going to be getting off of a baseball that a guy has hit in a sport. Now, I the guy who did not catch the 61st home run, the, the Toronto Blue Jays, their broadcasters, Dan Shulman, he hit the nail on the head. This is what the SN Network uh, was talking about with the fan who could not secure the catch while reaching over the guardrail that the ball goes towards the bullpen. Listen, listen to this. So Aaron Judge hitting home run number 61, and that fella in the Blue Jays jersey came to the game. Maybe he's hoping to catch the ball. Maybe not. Maybe it's a coincidence. He's sitting there. Look how close he came. He got a glove on it, Buck. He's 5'10". If he were 6'1", he'd have had that. He can't believe it. He threw his glove back. He is sick. You come to a ball game, and out of all the seats you could possibly sit in, he was sitting in the right seat. His arm wasn't long enough. Oh, Oh, what a heartbreak. He is not happy. You can bet. He got his glove on it and just couldn't make the play. That's rough. Like that, you just dropped a ball worth a million dollars. That'd be sickening. And then, you know what the crappy part is? The, uh, the bullpen coach or a bullpen catcher, actually, or so, some bullpen guy from the Toronto Blue Jays gave the ball back to Aaron Judge. And apparently, like, his wife was kind of mad at the fact that he gave that ball back. But then again, he's also a baseball player that's a it's in the bullpen doing all that stuff. Like, you would think that he would have to give that ball back because clearly it's out of show respect. I mean, he's a baseball player. He's going to have to give that ball back. But the fact that his wife was... I mean, it's that's that's a, that's a meal ticket right there. But then again, you're also getting paid a lot being a bullpen catcher or a bullpen coach or whatever it was. Gosh, that's just that's just that's heartbreaking for that that the guy who works for the Blue Jays. But it's also heartbreaking for the guy who couldn't catch the ball because that could have been a, a life changing thing. Is clearly people like us, like uh, yes, I'm I'm a viewer of the baseball fan like you. I'm a, and we don't really don't get paid like baseball players. Like the fans typically don't get paid like baseball players because of. We're going there. We're literally paying the guys' salaries by buying that ticket, buying that hot dog, buying that beer for, in order to watch them play. So I guess that out of all honesty, I typically own every single baseball that's been hit if I've made a purchase inside Kauffman Stadium, apparently. That's, that's, that's just how I think things go. So if a fly ball or a home run comes my way, I'm taking it. It makes sense. My mind is clicking right now. It's firing on all cylinders. The fact that a guy missed home run 61, that sucks. That, that I that's that's like me trying to like get a a thirteen leg parlay over on DraftKings to hit and it doesn't. That's like but I mean but here's the thing when that thirteen leg parlay gets to the 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 thirteenth leg and that the last leg is the one that's the reason why I don't hit that leg. That's exactly how this guy feels of missing that home run ball. There's also a reason why he's also a fan of the sport. Clearly, if he is quote unquote five foot ten. I mean, he doesn't have all the length of the arms, so he wouldn't be an outfielder in the league. I mean, he's, yeah, no, there's a reason why he's on the field watching. Because if he can drop that ball, that's imagine him trying to play baseball and try to. I mean, I'm sorry, I'm sorry for roasting the guy who dropped the the ball that could change his life. I'm so, I'm sorry. I I apologize. I apologize. It's it is what it is. So once again, earlier on in the question, and by the way, you can chime in on the show anytime at Kramer Talks. 
question throughout the show. When is the day that you turn on the air? What's the temperature? The, not air, gosh. Turn on your heat in, at your house because I'm waiting. I'm waiting on that. I, that if I can save money anytime, that's, that's just how I do it. So we all watch football here. We all watch baseball. If you, if you tune into the show, you are a sports fan. Let's just say it that way. So Thursday night, Thursday night football, Bengals and Dolphins, we've seen a scary scene where Tua Tungavaloa left on a stretcher, concussion clearly. He's coherent. He's back in Miami. He's with his friends and family. He's, heck, he was able to fly back that same exact night. But scary situation happened. He got rolled up, practically, practically got German suplex. It was a clean roll tackle, and his head hit off the back of the ground. And that just threw me flashbacks because his... His concussion is—I would say it's—it's it's not similar to mine that I used that I had, but this is what happened back when I was playing high school baseball, playing up in Smithville, went to Lafayette uh, High School up in St. Joseph, go go Fighting Irish, and I was tracking a fly ball, and I try to catch it, fall backwards, my head whips back and hits the back of the ground. Clearly, that is the worst part to get a concussion for anybody. And that's exactly what happened, how Tua Tungabaloa got whipped back and his head snapped back in the thing. Also, he had prior things earlier in the week I'm not going to touch on because we all know what happened the week prior. Well, actually, five days prior. We, we, I, I think he was a little um, a woozy, a possible concussion then on the, the Sunday game compared to the Thursday game. But that's another here or there. That's just up to your assumption or your opinion because he passed all the, the, the concussion protocol stuff in order to play in the game on Thursday. So... What the NFL can do that the MLB has done, especially like protecting its players, like clearly they're trying to protect the quarterback at all costs. That's 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 the main goal. We have gone to the point where in the NFL that is a protective at all costs. But remember back in the day, like early 2000s, maybe like late 2000s, where Buster Posey had a play at the plate where it like knocked him out, broke his like leg, like and everything and hurt him. It's because they, they made a rule there. Well, since then, a lot of things have helped out, especially with the concussion community, and also protecting its players, especially in Major League Baseball, because they've gone to the rule where they cannot block the plate anymore. Granted, it's like a, a vicinity rule type thing, so it's it's very like like very tic tacky at times. It, it it annoys me at some of the at some of the things that, but that's just also the umpires who also annoy me. But Major League Baseball has done a lot to help the. Lessing the blow in case of something does happen, like a head traumatic thing. Whether if it's the helmets, whether if it's the the hats that the pitchers are wearing on the mound, whether if it's the protective gear the catchers are also wearing, because you got to admit, catchers are getting foul balls off the mask, off the body, off the knees, off the, anywhere, especially on foul tips. The catcher is being beat up the entirety of the time. And you know your bell's getting wrong if you get a foul ball directly toward the mask. And that's why they have also worked on trying to lessen the blow for the catcher. Granted, you're going to hear the loud pop, especially if the ball's going to come straight at you, especially if it's 100 miles per hour right off, nicked off the bat. So they, at least Major League Baseball's done that. What I'm curious is what the NFL could possibly do to help the concussions there for Tua Tungvaloa and also possibly more people in the NFL that experience concussions like almost on a regular day that they don't even realize that it is. Like, Is there a way that they can like cushion the helmets even more, especially for a quarterback, especially knowing that you're going to be you're the guy that's being targeted 24-7 when you're on the field because they're trying to either tackle you to the ground, get you to the ground, and no matter what, putting you on the ground and also breaking up a play. That's all they're trying to do is make sure you cannot succeed in what you are exceptionally good at doing, especially throwing a football or running the football. 
Defensive players are trying to hurt the quarterback. That well, they're not trying to hurt the quarterback. They're trying to stop the quarterback, and if that means hurting them at, on accident at times, like what we saw on Thursday night, it's going to happen. That's what's going to happen when you watch or play a sport that is like a hard contact like the NFL. Now, it's easy for me to say this. I didn't play football growing up at all. Did not. I think that's one of the smartest decisions I ever did in my entire life was not playing football at all. Now, if my kids want to do it at some point in time, when or if I have kids, that's a discussion that we're going to talk together because I don't know if I want to witness something like that happen if I have my offspring go out there and try to play baseball. Like, seriously, I want my little person, like my little me, my little Kramer, to go around and not have to play football because I don't want him to risk the long-term effects of playing football. Granted, I've had probably about five concussions in my lifetime. Baseball, soccer, clearly I've had so many baseballs hit me in the face, especially as a kid growing up. I probably had a concussion back then that I probably didn't even know about. That's, That's just the thing with me. But, man, they've had to figure out something that Tua doesn't, this doesn't happen like we saw what happened with Tua on Thursday. Because I do not want to see that once anymore. Especially the replays they showed on that game. Man, I, I, I usually don't watch Thursday Night Football. I don't. I, I bet on it, but I usually typically don't because I'm either watching wrestling or Major League Baseball. That's, that's just what I'm doing on a Thursday night. But man, this, it was scary. Like, absolute terrifying. I just do not want another person. I don't want that to happen to another person anymore because you've got to think about the long-term effects of what that concussion right there is going to do. Heck, you could develop, I mean, I don't know. I mean, honestly, like I always think that if I got a concussion, I'm going to have short-term memory loss where I can probably develop Alzheimer's or something like that. Like That's just what my mind goes to for me and my aspect of, crap, I've had five concussions in my life. I want to, at least when I'm at the age of 50 or the age of 60 or the age of 70, to remember what I did back in my 20s, what I did back in my 30s. Heck, even what I did back in my teenage years, because I can still remember that. Then again, I'm also 25 years old, so it wasn't that that long ago when I was a teenager. But man, like that is just a scary situation that happened. And the fact that also during my teenage days when I had all these concussions, that's why I, like, I'm that lead up of like, oh, crap, I need to take more care of myself. I need to have better protection. Heck, I'm already nursing a knee injury right now that I don't even know what the heck's going on. So it's like I, I'm i barely walking right now. I'll let you guys know that right now. I'm barely walking. I have to use a crutch to get around. Like it's it's pain. It's pain. It's a pain. And like I would not want to deal with a concussion. Like I'm fortunate that I just have a knee injury right now. If I had a, a brain injury, that's more scary to me. Like heck, if I can, I mean, I can get a pegly if I need my leg chopped off. Granted, I don't need my leg chopped off for anyone. I I'll, don't need my leg chopped off. But no, that's just the truth. That's coming from the heart right there. That's just that scary situation there leads me hope to what there's other sports around there doing to help prevent things that to happen like that. And I'm hoping the NFL backs it. I hope the NFL does more. But you also got to think of inertia. When a body in motion stays in motion, and clearly his head hits the ground, but his brain's still in motion inside. So I there's just a lot of things to just discuss over the concussion situation of any any sport, especially any sport. Because it can happen anytime. Anytime. So, Cyrus Kramer around the bet 1660. We come back. We have fair or foul and some betting to get to. Yes, yes, yes. Get the pocketbooks ready. Get your phones out. Get your draft cool draft cools. Get your draft kings and fan duels out. So we got some bets to make. Let's do that next. You're listening to Saturdays with Kramer on the Bet 1660. 
back at it live and local on a Saturday. This is Saturdays of Kramer right here on the Bet sixteen sixty. It is. It's getting. It's getting to that time of the day, time of the year, to where the weather's changing. My nose is running. The allergies are flurrying, and also the cold weather's coming around. So clearly, my nose hurts. My knees hurt. My elbows hurt. Everything hurts on my body, especially my knees. My my right knees. That my it things. That thing's messed up. It's just the cold doesn't help. That also last night during pro wrestling outside in Edwardsville, it was at a baseball field. Yeah, we had a wrestling ring where the pitcher's mound is. In Edwardsville. Like that, it was fantastic. It got cold last night, got down to the 60s, low 60s, and I was freezing my you know what off. And yeah, no, like it was, it was just a spectacle to be there. Like I enjoyed it. Baseball and wrestling, two greatest things known to mankind for me together. Let's go. I mean, that's just how I am. Man, that's, it's so good. Let's get the fair or foul. Fair or foul. There were at least. 1,821 blockbusters still open the last time the Phillies made the playoffs. Fair or foul? That right there, that stat right there is foul. Because, I mean, the last time I can think of the Phillies, this is without searching it or Googling it or figuring out. This is off the brain, off the brain. Wasn't the last time the Phillies were in the postseason was when they, then they lose to the Yankees in 2009? Like, because then they, they won in 08. I believe they won an 08. Yeah, they won an 08 because they defeated the Rays. And because 07 was the Red Sox, so they beat the Rockies. 08 was the Phillies because they beat the Rays. 09 was Yankees because they beat the Phillies. And then it became the Giants. And then it, yeah, yeah. I, I'm, on, I'm, on, I'm on pace. My mind is working. That was the last time the Phillies were in the postseason. It was in 2009. There were still 1,821 blockbusters still open. My, my question to myself is, well, to you all is, do you guys even remember what Blockbuster is? I'm assuming you do, because I, I mean, I don't, I'm not sure what the age range of this uh, demographic of my show is. I should probably figure that out at some point. Like, I mean, it's a wide variety, but I remember going to Blockbusters. I remember going to Blockbusters as a kid. There's some people who don't, who are younger than me, that did not go to Blockbusters as a kid. I was always wanted to, as a kid, go to Blockbusters, because I, like, I wanted to always get like a video game just to try out and stuff, but I, I was always told no. Because usually the video games, when you rent those, it, uh, it costs more. So why don't you just go buy the video game, save the money for the video game instead of go rent it. That's just how my mindset works. So then I was always told, no, save my money up, then I'll go buy the video game. I don't have to even have to return it back. That's just what I usually did. But Blockbusters, man, that those were the days. Also, you got to think about it now. With when We just went through a pandemic and stuff with COVID. You know how gross, absolutely gross? No, I mean like disgusting. A rental movie place is, because we all know that back area with the beads hanging down. Like we we know that area. Remember, as a kid, we 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 were told not to go into that area as a kid. Um. Yeah, no, I just got so many flashbacks, so many flashbacks, so many memories going into blockbusters, and how gross and disgusting they are. Like, I mean, they wouldn't survive the pandemic. I would think if they were still around, they wouldn't have survived the pandemic. And that's also another disgusting thing that came to my mind. Bowling alleys, bowling shoes. That's gross. Like I, I went I mean, I probably shouldn't have went bowling about a month and a half ago, but I did. I did I'd wear them gross bowling shoes. Those uncomfortable bowling shoes. Like I, I need to bring my own, I guess, next time I go bowling. That's that's another gross thing. What's, what's another gross thing? Like a blockbuster, a bowling alley? The fact that we've gone through a pandemic and a bowling alley, shoes, store rentals are still a thing. That's just gross. Maybe even golf clubs at like a mini golf course. 
that's gross because everybody touches those. I mean, they have to disinfect everything, right? I mean, you know, blockbusters, they weren't. That's just the block. The reason why blockbusters were around is I feel like it's been to help build immunity. Your, <laughs> excuse me, build your immune system up. Is that's why blockbusters were around. That's why they were allowed for, around for so long because everybody's yeah. All right, let's get to sports. Fair or foul? Judge Aaron Judge. Yep, you know the one, the uh, the one and only Aaron Judge. From the time of me putting this uh, together, he had 167 strikeouts. 167, you say? And did you know during the 1990s, there's a guy named Tony Gwynn. He had only 167 strikeouts through the entirety of the 90s. Fair or foul? This is definitely fair. And you know, there's one reason, one reason why this is fair. This is a different day and age of baseball. This is a, a day of age of baseball where batting averages really, I mean, don't really matter, but home runs do. Strikeouts tend to go up if you try to hit home runs because you're swinging violently the entire time. And like Tony Gwynn was just methodical, he was calculated. He didn't at times swing the hardest because he knew that his hand-eye coordination would get him on base and him getting on base would lead, lean to him getting to score. And that's why Tony Gwynn was one of the best to ever do it because he had the best hand-eye coordination in baseball. I physically believe that. If it goes the best hand-eye coordination in baseball, it goes Tony Gwynn, then also goes Pete Rose. You have to put those two together because of how well they were able to hit and get on base. Aaron Judge striking out 167 times already this season. I have no problem with that. No problem with that at all because two things. One, he's hitting the damn ball out of the park at least 61 times already, and he's just tearing the cover off of it, whether if it's getting into the gaps or getting into the singles, his batting average is up too. I don't care that he struck out 167 times. I don't at all. And secondly, the Yankees won their division. Now, if Aaron Judge struck out 167 times and the Yankees finished third in the division, there's something to, to, to question there. You have, you have to question something there. But he did it while helping them win. Like, that's... I mean, that's MVP-worthy right there. If you had a bet to put on right now, if it's not Shohei Otani that's going to win the MVP, it's Aaron Judge. Walk that bet right now, Aaron Judge winning the MVP this year. Just do it. So that is fair. The fact that Tony Gwynn's such a stud, such a stud. All right, so I was looking earlier this week, and I saw two photos. Two photos. One dating back to the pandemic during the 2020, 2020 COVID season sprint, and the other one was earlier this week. And both the game, both of the pictures from the games are from, that are there in Pittsburgh, that's that's just a disclaimer right there. It was in Pittsburgh, and they were taking on the Cincinnati Reds. One picture from the 2020 season and one picture, picture earlier this week. There was no fans in the stands in this game whatsoever at all. Like, there's no there's no difference between the picture. Like, it's kind of like that meme, that office meme, where, like, the picture are the same. Like, like I, I don't see a difference. That's exactly what I was witnessing when I was looking at both these pictures. They are absolutely the same. No one wants to watch Pittsburgh Pirate Baseball or Cincinnati Red Baseball late into October when both teams' combined win total is exactly 100. I mean, it's not. That's just me just being in, being a you-know-what because of the, the division of the Central. Like, It's not that great. I mean, all it is is the Cardinals and Brewers in that division. Every, it's Cubs, Pirates, Reds. I don't even know why you even try to even be in the division because it doesn't even seem like you even try. No one is going to this game in late September. They're saving their money. They, there's what they're putting on the field, the product on the field right now. Like, are we going to see the that 
exact same lineup for the Pirates next season? Are they the exact same lineup for the Reds next season? No, because half that team's either going to get fired, going to get traded, going to get dealt somewhere, maybe go back down to AAA. That, those teams do not matter right now. So why even go? Why even bother? At least the fact that, I mean, if clearly if the Kansas City Royals were finishing out the regular season here in Kansas City, we would go to that. Like like Kansas City Royals fans will would will go to that. That's just the difference between fan bases around the region. People in Pittsburgh do not give two you know what about the Pittsburgh Pirates. Cincinnati Reds haven't been good since they had the the gosh what what were they called back in the red the red machine the 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 mean not the mean machine I why can't I think of their names Good gosh I this is the history that I need to remember. That needs to be stuck in my head, but apparently with my, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where I'm going. That is fair or foul, though. That is both. It is fair and also foul because the fans don't go. That's fair. It's foul that that product's on the field because you can just blame the organizations for that wrongdoing of us for the season between the Reds and the Pirates. Just putting that out there. Fair or foul. Best number one prospect, Francisco Alvarez, was called up for the final few games of this season. He's going to, uh, I think he made his major league debut last night. And his comparison is Mike Piazza. And I think this is absolutely fair. The only thing that sucks, though, is if the Pirates do... Not Pirates, man. I just talked about the Pirates. If the Mets do make the postseason, Francisco Alvarez is not on the... He can't play in the postseason because he wasn't on the team the on the like the, the beginning of the September. He cannot play. He has to be on the, the day prior, has to be on the team in order to play in postseason baseball. So that sucks. But at least we're getting a sweet taste of the number one prospect in Major League Baseball right now, especially against the Braves, which Mets, Braves, what a series of a treat that we're getting right now, especially all the pitching matchups. Heck, Charlie Morton just got inked to another one-year $14 million deal for next season. Congratulations, Charlie Morton. Keep it up at the, the ripe age of 39 years old. You still got it, and you're still coming back, and I absolutely love it. But, man, this is a great sign to see that the Mets are trying to win, especially trying to call up the, the number one Baseball prospect, he can hit. And if you can compare composition, comparison is Mike Piazza. And his, I think, honestly, think Francisco Alvarez's bat's a lot better than Mike Piazza, but that's just me just watching film from minor league baseball. Heck, even go back to when the All Star, uh, the futures, the futures game, All Star game was uh, in Colorado. The first pitch he saw, he he took hit home run. Like this guy, he's a stud. Like when his bat gets going, you are going to see. Phenomenal things, Francisco Alvarez in a Mets uniform. All right, lastly, Seattle Mariners had one swing of the bat to try and win the game last night. And, well, if this will play, if this will play, maybe. Let's see. Is it going to play? I think it's going to play. This is what happened when they had one swing left. Cal Raleigh. Two to Cal. The pitch from Acevedo. A drive deep to right field. Down the line. The Mariners win this game 2-1. to one. The dream lives. They're going to the playoffs. The drought is over. The drought is over indeed. The last time the Seattle Mariners, by the way, that was courtesy of Root Sports. The last time the Seattle Mariners were in the postseason was back in 2001 when they won over 100 games. That team in 2001 was arguably the best team created and put together that did not win a World Series. 
America's team is back. America's team is back, and heck, my bet of them going to the AL championship game and going to the World Series is still intact. I got happy last night. I saw that. It was a, the fact that they also were on a walk-off home run in a jam-packed Seattle Mariners, like Safeco Field or T-Mobile Park. That It looked fantastic there. Like That is baseball at its finest, especially with it being one-to-one into the ninth inning, a home walk-off home run, the 26th of Cal's season. Oh, my goodness. You couldn't script it any better, especially for the fact that it's coming to the final weeks of the season. They have a few more days left. I think it's like five more days left to make league baseball. Remember, it's on Wednesdays, the final day. I absolutely loved this. Every single second of it, I just, like, I'm just giddy. Like, I got chills watching it and just watching it back. I still get chills. It's just like, wow. Like, I wish I could be in that moment witnessing that in person because at a jam-packed, sold-out baseball game, I believe is one of the greatest things that you have to witness in person. You have to be there for those games. The big games when it counts, you have to feel everything. It's just like everything's on ease or on edge or everything. when something goes right, the, the crowd's buzzing. The energy, it's the energy's all up in there. But when it's not, you can feel, you can hear that pin drop, especially if say it's like the, the, the home plate umpire writing something down, drops the pin, hits the ground, and when it's like I say something, a big blow happened, you can hear that pin drop on the dirt. Like seriously, you have to go to a game when it's sold out. I love postseason baseball. Postseason baseball might be the greatest thing to happen, greatest thing to come, because it's coming around the corner. We all know it. It's coming. It is coming. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. Money, money, Let's try to win some money this week. Last week was great for us. Last week was great. I was able to, you know, some bets prior earlier in the week that did not hit. I was able to resurface all those back, especially on the touchdowns, anytime touchdowns that I have done. Remember, we've only lost out of all the touchdowns, uh, anytime touchdowns I've given you, we've only lost two. And I've given you guys, I believe, ten. So right now that's an eighty percent. So eighty percent. These things are these things are, are, are cooking. These things are are doing the right things that you're supposed to. These things are winning. That's what I'm getting at. These things are winning. So let's just get to the entire touchdown scores right now. So I really liked on tomorrow's games. I really like that Tennessee Colts matchup, especially for one thing and one thing only. I think Ryan Tannehill is going to feed, and I mean feed Robert Woods tomorrow. And so in his anytime touchdowns right now on DraftKings is a plus two ten. You got to hit that. You need to lock in Robert Woods. Now, Brandon Cooks. Texans, Chargers tomorrow. I really think the Chargers are going to lose this game. The Texans are home. Brandon Cooks has been targeted, like, I think a million times, it seems like, but has yet to score a touchdown. Kind of like how last week with my train of thought is Adam Thielen didn't get a touchdown at all the first two weeks of the season. Brandon Cooks hasn't got a touchdown at all the first three weeks of the season. He's due. He's due. Especially at a plus 155 against the Chargers, a banged up Chargers, where. You know the quarterback's going to have some sort of time because with Joey Boach, the sideline, with the, he just just had surgery on his groin. Like, it's a plus 155. I think you should lock that in. Chris Olave. Olive. Olave. However you want to pronounce it. The Saints. You have to wake up early in the morning if you want to watch this game. 9 o'clock kickoff. AM kickoff. It's going to be in London. Chris Olave, a plus 205 against the Vikings. 
has been targeted, I think, seven times last week, seven times a week prior, maybe five the week before that. He's getting targets. Especially Andy Dalton, the Red Rifle. He, maybe the Red Rifle is going to show up. Maybe maybe he's going to he's going to show out with a plus two oh five against the Vikings with Chris Olave. I think you should probably hit that. I think you should probably lock that in. And then Deontay Johnson, the Steelers, plus one forty against the Jets. It's the Jets. Like who's who's what's the defense of the Jets look like? I don't. I can't even name you one. Can't do it. Plus one forty for Deontay Johnson to score a touchdown. Now you could parlay all that. You can. I. I mean, I just left it at any time touchdown, and I also parlay three of the guys. But if you want to ride with me on the parlays, it's a plus one thousand seven hundred and sixty-six for a five-dollar bet. You come up to ninety-three dollars, and that's by using Brandon Cooks, Chris Olave, and Deontay Johnson. Joe, Joe Summers, if you're listening, thank you for that bet because uh, you opened my eyes to that, and I was like, you know what? This was a good parlay. I think this could be a very good parlay if all three of them hit. I at least put money down on anytime touchdowns just in case say if one guy doesn't get the parlay. At least I'm make my money back. At least I'm going to make my money back. Now, 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 now. Sorry, I'm pounding on the desk or the table in here. Let's go to my money line parlay. It's a five-pick money line parlay where... It's a plus, if you do all this, it's a plus 1,405. So that's good. It's very good odds. And I'm the type of person that I want good odds when I bet because if I want to bet little and win big, that's that's I mean, that's the dream. That's the American dream right there. Bet little and win big. That's 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 always the goal. But you need to take these, these teams. Take the Browns over the Falcons this week. Also take the Eagles over the Jaguars, Vikings over the Saints, Ravens over the Bills, which we'll get to in a second, and Cowboys over the Commanders. Ravens over the Bills. You're probably thinking, Kramer, the Ravens just lost last week. No, wait, no, they won last week. They lost the week prior to the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, I get it. Okay, they got they got on track against the Patriots. The Patriots have good defense. They they do. Bill Belichick's still there. They, they still get a good defense. I like the Ravens over the banged-up Bills because of Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson has been feeding, and I mean feeding right now. Like, he's been, he's eating everything. Also, contract year. And you know what the contract year is? The contract year is undefeated. So, what do you expect here? They, a, a tough loss last week by the Bills, but the Bills are also traveling into Baltimore. That's another reason why I had the Ravens also winning this game. So, yeah, make sure on this five-pick parlay, you take the Browns, you take the Eagles, you take the Vikings, you take the Ravens, you take the Cowboys. That is my five-pick parlay. Once again, my anytime touchdown scorers, Robert Woods, Brandon Cooks, Chris Olave, and Deontay Johnson. My touchdown, if you want to use those uh, those those guys I used, I would use at least three of them. At least three of them do the parlay with you want whatever you want to do with it. But yes, my anytime touchdown scorers hit. And honestly, I might th- I might throw in some tomorrow to where it's like I need to put a Mark Andrews touchdown down or like a Dawson Knox. I'm gonna be watching that uh, Bills and Ravens game closely because that's gonna be the best twelve. I think it's gonna be the twelve o'clock game, the best one of late. Plus, you also gotta wait till you get a full slate of football tomorrow. Starting at 9 o'clock, ending at however, whenever the Chiefs game ends. Maybe at 10 o'clock. Like a, a, you have a 12-hour day, basically. A 13-hour day of watching professional football tomorrow. And making bets and possibly winning some bets or losing bets. Like That's just that's just how life goes. That's just how it goes. This is Cyrus Kramer here on the Bet 1660. I asked you all earlier on the show, what's, when is the day, what's the temperature that you're, when you decide to turn the heat on at your place. You know, I'm going to get into that as we come back from this break. 
We also have the Pro Wrestling Observer's top 10 I would like to discuss with you all. And if we have time for it, Adam Wainwright. We'll do that next. You're listening to Saturdays with Kramer on The Bet 1660. It's Saturday, and I'm Kramer. This is Saturdays with Kramer here on the Bet 1660. Live and local, as always, every single Saturday in Kansas City from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. So I appreciate you all who tune in, talk to me, do everything. I appreciate you all for tuning in, especially keeping me on the air. That's I mean, if it wasn't for you all, I wouldn't be doing this. That's that's just how the thing is. But okay, before I get to Pro Wrestling Observer, uh, I yeah, let's I, I want to talk about this. And it's it's Wainwright. What are the Cardinals going to do with him in the postseason? Like, I, I'm absolutely curious of how they're going to utilize the 40-some-year-old veteran in Major League Baseball. Because it's been rocky of late. The last five outings for Adam Wainwright have been terrible. Been absolutely dreadful from Adam Wainwright. Last five outings, he's turned 17 earned runs, 38 hits, and that's only in 24 innings pitched. That's not like we saw Adam Wainwright for the first three, four months of the season, first five months of the season. And I'm, t- I'm, I'm absolutely, I'm not, I'm not concerned yet, because typically we always see Adam like he gets roughed up early on in the, in the the first inning, and then he finds his groove and settles down. But when that comes to the postseason play, you 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 you, you can't you can't have any of that. And so, okay, what do you, what would you do for Adam Wainwright? So, I if it's me, if I'm Ollie, I I'm, I would start him, start him game one, because I mean, at this point in time, if the season were to end today, St. Louis Cardinals are going to take on the Philadelphia Phillies. I think I'm okay saying this that if the Cardinals are to face the Philadelphia Phillies, the Cardinals are going to win, because the Phillies do not have a bullpen, they do not have a very good defensive team, and that's kind of typically what you need to have when you have a a, a, a postseason contending team or a, a team that's in the postseason. You need to have all that fluid. Now, say you start Adam Wainwright for game one and he gets shelled. I, he's bullpen duties for me now. Like, I, Let's put him back in the back to see if we can get whatever we can out of him, especially for this season. Remember, Adam Wainwright came up as a relief pitcher in Major League Baseball. His first year in 2006, he was in the bullpen. Now, if this is going to be his last year in Major League Baseball, would it be poetic if for some reason Adam Wainwright just decided, like, instead of him starting, he goes to the bullpen and he's just lights out. Anytime he comes out to go into the game, he's just mowing people down. I would think that would be a beautiful story and cherry on top, top for his entire career. He's, he's a, he, he closed out everything in 2006. Like I, right now, I still have the image vividly of Yadier Molina running into the arms of Adam Wainwright after he, he froze Carlos Beltran on a 12-6 curveball. Absolutely froze him. Which, it's Carlos Beltran, too. And when Carlos Beltran was just absolutely tearing the cover off of baseballs. I think it would be cool. Like I'm getting goosebumps right now just thinking about it, just visualizing it. Like I think it would be cool if that happens again. 
I mean, granted, you're not going to be striking out Carlos Beltran. He's not even in the league anymore. But having Adam Wainwright close out games, that'd be kind of cool. I would, I would, I would like to see that. If it's, I, I mean, at times the the it's closer by committee at times for the Cardinals, anyways. So why not throw Adam? Who throw your best per player out there? Like, I play baseball on the weekends. Like, I'm in a competitive wooden bat league. That's out in it's the KCABA. I'm pretty sure that's what it's called. We just had our World Series at Legends Field. My team was out there. I was first base coach. Can't play. My knees messed up. You have to give your ace the ball. If if he comes in locked in, fired up, give the your ace the ball. Even if he's not your ace, if you see that guy, your pitcher, that's like, I think he's I think he's locked in. That pitcher A is locked in right now. I can see that. Hey, you want the ball? He says yes. Give him the ball. That is what you need to do if you're managing right now, especially for the St. Louis Cardinals. Like, I hope they win the World Series. Like, that's I want them there. I literally put a twenty dollar bet. I was in Colorado earlier about two months ago and a $20 bet I can win about 500 bucks off that $20 bet and I'm hoping that hits Thanks to me, I'm a gambling man it's a good song too very good song too and I also got to think about this too remember when the Rays pulled Blake Snell out of the World Series when he was just going lights out and when he got into trouble they pulled him that you have to do that in the postseason you have to be like you have to Give your starters, you have to give your, your bullpen guys to say, hey, if you're in trouble, I'm not going to question it. I'm going to come out there and talk to you. Let's see, figure out what's going on with your what's with what's going on with anything. And then I'm going to pull you, and then we're going to go to the next guy. Like we're going to the next man up. That's just what we're going to do. That's what the Tampa Bay Rays do. I mean, it'd be hard taking the ball out of the hand of Adam Wayne, right? I mean, we saw what we did, uh, what he did last year in the wild card game against Max Scherzer. He did not want to come out. And I think that's also one reason why I think Mike Schultz's firing happened. Yeah, they should have, they should have, they should beat the Dodgers last year. That's, but they also couldn't get a hit off Max Scherzer. Max Scherzer is one of the greatest pitchers known to mankind. Like that, you just, you just can't beat Max Scherzer. That's, I digress. And you know what? We're not going to get to today. We're we're not getting to pro wrestling reserves top fifty. I, I also I had another topic to talk about too. We didn't get to that as well. You know what we're going to do next week? This is a teaser. We are definitely hitting the Pro Wrestling Observer's top 10 wrestlers. And there might be 17 coaches on the hot seat. Um, Odyssey's uh, sports insider, John Heyman, his article is pretty good. So if you haven't seen that, you might want to go look it out. And we're going to discuss. 17 coaches could possibly be let go from their respectable teams next season. That's a tease right there. I I cannot wait to talk about next week. Back to this one hour show went by so quick. Make your bets. If you need to, uh, the podcast page is going to go out. So if you miss the bets, miss anything in the show, make sure you tune in to uh, the Kramer Sansone. I, I, well, the Saturdays of Kramer. You um, go to your, like, so go to Spotify, go to a- Apple Podcasts, go to any podcast platform that you do listen to your podcast. You'll be able to find me. You, you, you will. Just type in Kramer Sansone or Saturdays of Kramer and I will pop up. My face, my face with my sunglasses on will pop up. But thank you for all for tuning in. We all have a wonderful Saturday. Stay safe out there. I'm off to a wedding. Bump at Kansas City. You're listening to Saturdays with Kramer on the Bet 1660. What makes for a great vacation?